0: Well, good evening. Wow. Here we go. Uh, this is our, for me, it's one of my favorite messages, and it's also one of the most challenging. We're talking about prophecy. Uh, and, but as we start, I just want to make sure that everyone out there in Cyberland knows that uh, our phone's on. If you have questions, we'll continue to put this number up throughout the service. We'll ask questions here afterwards, but if you, got, you have some, please send them in and, and we'll answer them. Uh, okay. That's, that's kind of a take notes, give a call, let us know. Uh, this is a, this is a message at Crossroads with 2021. The question is what's going to happen? Uh, by the, by the way, 2020, I'm glad that's over. I don't know about anyone else, but that was a challenging year. Uh, Matter of fact, one of the things that I did getting ready is I went back to the prophecy message that we did in 2019, describing what we thought was going to happen uh, in 2020. As we went as we went through that year, uh, it was it was challenging to go back and look at it. But as as I looked at it, I realized that we had no idea. I had no idea. The warnings were there. The information was there, God was revealing the future to us there, but I didn't have any idea of the direction it was going to take, or at least the impact of it, let's put it that way. But as we start talking about this year, the first question that we're going to have to look at is is really a, uh, a choice between how we see the events of 2020, As those events came at us, it's a multiple choice. There's only two choices, uh, but it's multiple choice, which I always preferred in school. Uh, First choice is that everything that happened in 2020 was just natural. Man-made influences caused all the events to happen, and they were just circumstances that took place uh, during the year. So uh, no plan, no nothing, just random accidents took place. the question of that is, you know, there's no God. The challenge of that, the verses that go with that, is that some people just exchange the truth of God and just let it get away. They they start to lie and just say, well, they, they start serving the creature rather than the creator. We have a lot of people today that are very uh, interested and focused on environmental issues, which is a good thing to be focused on. Uh, but as they're focused on them, In the creation, they forget the creator uh, that brought it all about. So there's one group that says all accidents, all natural, uh, no God involved, random. The next one uh, is God commanded, listen, or, or allowed. He commanded or allowed all the events and circumstances that happened in 2020. In other words, God... Is responsible for all of it, and that's that's a worldview. That's a way we see things. That says, well, God is is absolutely in control. Nothing happens without His approval or His direction. He establishes His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules overall. Nothing left out. Every event of 2020, there's every event and everything that happened to us, all were God's will for us. What, what happened to me during the year, and I had looked back at some of the events that took place in my life, what, in my family, uh, in the city, in the country, all of them were because this was God's will for me in Christ Jesus. And again, the good news in prophecy is that uh, does disaster come upon a city unless the Lord has done it? No. Nothing happens unless God sends it. So no disaster, but here's the good news. But he will always tell us in advance what's going to happen. He will always give us the information that we need to be prepared for what's coming on and coming at us. Uh, If you believe in God, he's a big God. He's a God that's in control, rules over everything. So we, we have to choose which one of those positions we're going to take um, as we do that uh, i'm going to I'm going to take a stop and because we're going into to twenty twenty one I need hope I need peace that god's in charge so let's let's go talk to the one who's in charge join me in prayer, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're God, that you rule over everything, not a bird falls to the ground. Nothing happens without you allowing or ordaining it. Nothing in 2020 surprised you. Nothing in 2021 will surprise you. You will ordain the events and everything that takes place in our lives, in our country, and in our world out of your wisdom, forming a plan that is beyond anything we can understand. Thank you. Uh, guide us through this discussion tonight, and and prepare our hearts to trust you in uncertain times ahead. Amen, amen. Okay, so what's going on in our world? The first question: uh, 2020 uh, prophecy message. You know, again, that message in in 2019 it was it was just a short period of time ago. But the main verse that year, and the same verse is going to take place. This was actually almost prophetic. Uh, in what took place. The main verse last year was God speaking out of the Old Testament. And he's talking uh, to his nation who had sinned against him, who had rejected him. False prophets had led him astray. Immorality, uh, actually the slaughter of babies were taking place and they were sacrificing them to false gods. A uh, lot of things were going on. And so what he had done is he he, he warned them. He said, hey, when I, his, when I shut up heaven and there's no rain, there's a, he, he sets the weather patterns. Or I command the locusts to devour the land when these things would come in and, and wipe out the crops that they could eat off of. Or, main focus here, send pestilence among my people. Pestilence is is the word for disease. It's used multitudes of time in the Old Testament. It's specifically used in moments of judgment where God would come upon the nation of Israel or other nations and he wanted to judge them, correct them, discipline, and change the direction, he would send pestilence or diseases. This has happened throughout history since the biblical times, even until now. So when these things happen, when God does these things, then he tells his people, those people who believe in him, those people who trust him, his special instructions to uh, Bible-believing uh, people in the Old Testament, but also to every Christian. This is our command. When when things start to go south, when things start to go wrong, he says, here's how you fix them. Here's, here's, here's the cure for this. He says, if my people, if in the context of 2020, United States, uh, if my people call by my name, if you call yourself a Christian, we are called by Christ's name. It means the little Christ. So if you're called a Christian, then when these things are happening, we need to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves and, and bring ourselves down and Stop. Come before God humbly, praying, seeking his face, turning from our wicked ways, and then he'll hear from heaven, forgive us our sin, and heal our land. Connect the dots. He forgives our sins, then he heals our land. That's the connecting part of that that brings the pestilence, that brings the locusts, that brings those things upon our lives. Weather changes and all that is connected to our spiritual or our moral behavior. Last year, uh, boy, we saw that, in, uh as we went through last year, we saw the reality of that. Uh, last year, uh, I, I want to say it again, it was challenging uh, because several things happened and several things didn't happen. First off, the pestilence got beyond anything we can imagine. Who... Who could have guessed COVID nineteen taking place? But but last year, and again, very important, this second verse, if his people will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, then you'll hear. Honestly, I think the heartbreak that I I looked for, I sought, was any sign of repentance inside of our nation. If I saw it from leadership down even, sadly, in many, many churches, national organizations that are well known for for proclaiming Christ would often avoid the word repentance. They would use these two verses uh, or they would use the second verse and they would continue to quote, uh, if my people would do this and do that, but they would not acknowledge that this was from God the theology of our time is is we have a feel good god he's going he's there his main purpose is to bless us to make us happy so they wouldn't even even the national day of prayer in the in the literature that they put out they put the second verse second chronicles 7:14 but they chose not to put second chronicles 13 now that doesn't sound like a big deal It's a huge deal because it tears the heart out of these messages, and more importantly, it takes the hope that God wants to give us away if we don't follow his instructions. And throughout the nation, uh, 2020, uh, we continued to turn away from God. Babies continued to be slaughtered uh, on the alter a personal choice, over 60 million now. Pornography, adultery, sexual morality and lifestyles continue to grow. Educational system still can teach us humanism. Political system. The dialogue in social media was so bitter, angry and divisive and you know, going along with that. Uh, why? Well, because he hadn't prayed. We hadn't turned back to God. We hadn't repented of our sins. We hadn't sought his face. We were Many people carry the name of Christ, but we chose not to act like Christ in the last 12 months. Just a quick review, and I don't want to dwell too much on this because it's obvious, pandemics. Uh, it, it's interesting that the first case of COVID was 31 December 2019 in Wuhan, China, the last day of 2019, who knew what was going to take place uh, from then on? Obviously, worldwide, 80 million cases, 1.7 million deaths. Active cases in the world today: 21,000. United States uh, leads the world. Now, this is this is heartbreak. You know, look, I get on this kind of a message. I get the kind of rant. This is heartbreak. We are the most advanced medically, uh, the richest all the provisions, the hospital peoples from all over the world come to the United States for medical help and medical care. And yet we statistically did the worst of any country in the world in controlling the coronavirus, COVID-19, when it came in here. Not because we lack medical, not because we lack facilities, but because we lack unity. COVID-19 became a political football that was kicked back and forth. No overarching national leadership specifically focused at curbing and controlling the pestilence that was going through and stalking our nation. You know, the use of social distancing and face masks continued to divide us even today. Uh, Wearing a face mask becomes an issue of personal freedom. You can't tell me what to do. Instead of I love my neighbor issue that Christians should be showing to the people next to them and protecting them by wearing a face covering. You know, hospitals in the United States worldwide are again filling up in that capacity. Uh, Even Ridgecrest, little Ridgecrest, it's finally come home, sadly, uh, inside of our town. And, of course, most people aware of the news uh, in the last couple of days. In London, a part, a section, a specific section of London, a new strain of COVID-19 uh, has been discovered. And the uh, first action of the British government and the economic union in Europe was to close the borders. Well, it's already in five countries in Europe. And uh, Dr. Fasci, our... our Technical leader in in these issues says that without a doubt, it's in our country. Well, what's the big deal about another strain? Well, they're they're working diligently with the Pfizer uh, biotech team, Moderna, and all of these to make sure that their vaccine will work against both variants of COVID-19. The worst case scenario is that this continues to mutate and each will need a separate vaccine. What's going to determine it, by the way? A little side note. God. God will make the decision on uh, how this uh, disease, this pestilence, spreads through us and through this world based not on random events, but on his sovereign will, which is a response to who we are uh, as a people and our morality. You know, even now as we have the vaccines coming, there's hope, but the truth is there's so many challenges that only 60% of the people right now are willing to take the vaccine. Uh, Many of them are waiting to see what the side effects are going to be. Conspiracy theories abound, saying that there's control chips. If you take that They're going to track you wherever you go. They will be able to control what you say and what you do. Uh, That There's a little something that's going to go in there. And, of course, uh, others are just anti-vaccine, period. So uh, right now we have only 60%. It takes 72%, by the way, to get herd immunity where our economy can start to function. Wow. COVID-19. I don't think we're going to be through with that. I think uh, come uh, at the end of this year, we'll be having much of the same discussion as we go forward. Okay, uh, next thing—that's ec- the, the COVID uh, pandemic, the economic pandemic. Now, personally, as a business guy, I look at this and I go, "This is danger." What's happening inside of our economy is really setting us up for a fall that's unprecedented as far as the financial crisis is concerned. Uh, Most economic experts worldwide say that uh, this economic crash and and pandemic that's coming will make 2009 financial crisis look very small. Economic organizations around the world are predicting uh, great drops in our productivity and our gross national product uh we have a problem why well because we've been putting off so much inside of our country people don't have to pay rent mortgages don't have to be paid for uh you can't evict people uh a landlord can't move someone out that's not paying rent all of these past debts many of them are going to become due all at once now there's political movement aside to to forgive all that but that's going to require an incredible amount of payment to landlords to make up what they've lost uh in rent and collections going across. These are challenging times uh that we have. The only thing and this is uh this is an amazement, only thing that keeps our economy going today, quite honestly, almost for the last 10 years the only thing that keeps our economy going and keeps us from a deep depression not recession depression is government spending we continue to pump extra money into the economy every year to keep it going Uh, during the covid 19 and the economic pandemic that follows it well we put Trillions of dollars into the economy to the point that uh, the national debt, by the way, just in passing, we don't say this much because we all want the economy to work. But did you realize debt in God's eyes is a curse and a sin? He says when, when nations turn away from God, then when, when you turn away from God, then you're going to have to borrow money. Uh, If you follow God, listen to this, you shall lend to many nations. This is if you follow God. You shall lend to other people. You'll not borrow. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. Uh, You shall only go up and not down if you obey his commandments. You'll lend to many nations. Now, I'm old enough to remember the lend-lease programs, the really billions and trillions of dollars that we as a nation gave to up other people to rebuild their economies after disasters, we rebuilt Germany and we rebuilt Japan, both thriving economic engines now because we gave the money because we had it. we could loan to them, and then in many cases cancel the debts later but But if we don 't follow the God that that blesses us and leads us. There'll be a foreigner. There'll be other people who will rise higher and higher. And we'll go lower and lower. I love this. That The foreign people will loan us money. We won't loan him money. He'll loan us money. But I love the description of what that makes us. He will become the head. And we will become the tail. I feel like we 're being we are well being wagged a little bit by other nations that that own so much of our debt uh, this is a huge deal twenty seven point five trillion dollars uh, nine billion trillion just nine hundred billion just added to that a two trillion dollar uh, another stimulus bill by the new administration we're over we 're upside down in our budget four point three trillion this year. can you imagine? I can't do that in my business. I can't do it in my economy. In my home, we're 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 falling apart in debt. Uh, President Bi- uh, Biden promises uh, in his new thing to to rapidly move us into socialism, and that's going to be the answer uh, to the problems that we have: more welfare spending, more taxes uh, on the wealthy, uh, return to government-funded mandated health care destroying our private medical system. So many things are being put in front of us financially. Things are going to radically change in the next couple of months. Wow. You know, I never saw it coming. Never saw COVID. Never saw the economic pandemic. The beginning of last year, our economy was so incredibly strong. Debt-fueled, please, debt-fueled. But still, strong and vibrant going forward. Next thing, and I don't even need to spend a lot of time, it is too painful to review, uh, for me, the social unrest inside of our country. After uh, decades of of tension building uh, inside of our nation over specific social issues, uh, it exploded last year. Who would have known? You know, and again... Uh, many of these issues needed to be brought to light, but uh, the video, of, sadly, of, of George Floyd's death, presented on TV hundreds of times, inflaming uh, the activities that were there, and really didn't move us towards solution, just moved us to demonstrations, uh, and even at times looting and burning. Uh, so many things took us to the street. Black Lives Matter, Me Too, anti-gun violence movements, gay right, immigrant crisis brought people into the streets and courtrooms across our nation. Major efforts to defund police. Now, this is interesting. In a time of rapidly increasing immorality and crime, murder rates in major cities has have spiked significantly uh, over the last year they're encouraging defunding the police and taking them away from our schools and not in our streets. Uh, yes, regulation, training, uh, to remove abusive and, and other activities, is that's just common sense. But a call for uh, doing away with police to solve to bring these re- these really good solutions apart we 're going to need unity we 're going to need a leader that knows how to lead, so that will be our hope um, Next mental health crisis, just a moment on that. we are so fragile we 're so fragile uh, abuse rates, depression anxiety fear loneliness uh, health issues that go with that too. Uh, suicide rates across all demographics. And this is one year, and we've probably got another year ahead of us where this is going to continue to build and to take place uh, coming at us. Political division, we've said this so many times during the year, a divided nation cannot stand. We know that. We absolutely know that. Congress knows that. Democrats know that. Republicans know that. Sheesh, if a brain-damaged Marine knows it, everybody knows it. A nation or a kingdom divided against itself, it cannot stand uh, a house divided. It will fall apart. It's a it's a this is a promise and a prophecy all at the same time, telling what's going to happen if we cannot work together. Uh, it grew over the last 12 months. I think. This is no surprise to anyone. This is the ugliest political season this nation has ever been in. The division, the strife, the anger, the visible hate. And even now, there's threats of martial law, so we can't get a president transfer of power inside of our nation. The election is still uh, being challenged. Uh, Large groups inside of our country are... Are challenging the election results this isn't good you know what what are our choices in this again the choices in everything that happened is we can look at it and say well these are natural man-made influences caused by events and circumstances in 2020 or we can acknowledge the reality of God that he's moving inside of our country now the rest of the time we're going to talk and uh, I'm going to make the assumption that, that you believe me. I know that's not true. There's multiple people that are going to say, no, Bill, I, I, I'm not buying into that. There's a lot of Christians that will deny what I'm saying because they will not believe that God would correct us and send disciplines that he has anything to do with the things that have happened. But the rest of the time, that's what I'm going to focus on. If you, if there's any rejection in that, again, the phone number's there. You got questions. Call in and, and let us know what your questions are as we go forward. Uh, there's, there's the number coming up again. Cell phone, we have it. Um, Nick will come up and decipher the questions for us at the end of the service. Okay, now, let's just talk about this. Why is this happening? God... Ha- Has and is doing his part to save us as a country, to save us as a world, and to save us as individuals. This is corrective. This is corrective things that he's doing to save us. He comes to us while we're sinners, not while we got it all going on. He sends Christ to die for us. He demonstrates his love, he proves his love. We talked about this last week at Christmas. We celebrated that Christ comes to this world. God sends his only begotten son that if we'll believe in him, we can have eternal life. Christ comes as an infant, God in the flesh, to die for you and me. God has made himself manifest to this world. These are historical events that are provable. The life, death, and important, the resurrection of Christ. These are historical events showing God's involvement in his desire to help, to save, and to reach out to us uh, inside of this nation. But what's happening in 2020? Very simple. Discipline. As every father who loves their children will discipline, or every mother who cares about their kids will, will have a plan and a program of discipline. God's disciplining us as a world, as a nation for sure, And as individuals, he's correcting people so that we might come to know him, that we might grow and mature because he loves us. Don't regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Don't don't grow weary when when he spanks us, for he disciplines those who he loves. You know, this is such a common, simple, simple principle, but so often missed by people. God is doing this. Because he loves us. And the thing is that he doesn't stop. One of my one of my favorite verses is God reaching out. This this picture of humility that comes from God. Uh, is, it shows him reaching out to the world. He says, you know, I'm ready to be sought by those who didn't ask for me. He says, I'm ready. Those people out there who have never asked, I am available. I'm on the line. Just give me a call. He says... I was ready by, to be found by those who didn't seek me. God, the creator of the cosmos, this God of in, infinite power and glory humbles himself to reach out to us, not while we have our acts together, while we're sinners, while we are separate, while we're in rebellion. He continues to reach out and ask us to seek him. He says, here I am, here I am, to a nation, to a person. Uh, he does that. Spreads out his hand to a rebellious people who walk in there uh, in a the way that is not good. Their own devices who, here it is, provoke me to my face. You know, this, there's a phrase there, and I connect those. To people who provoke him to his face, he's calling Christians and Christ followers to come and meet him face to face. You know, and those who don't, we are provoking him face to face. We could build up a bunch on that, but, but God is disciplining, He is reaching out, He is the God that does that. The hope of discipline that will turn around every parent wants functional, mature, happy godly children to send out in this world. And so uh, momentary discipline, the moment, all discipline, it seems painful rather than pleasant, but it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I hate being spanked by God. I love being spanked by God. When he corrects and events and consequences may even come, I go, thank you. Because over the almost 40 years, 40 years, I've followed Christ. It has always moved me to know and to love him better. So that's kind of the last year. Discipline, hope coming at us. What's going to happen in 2021? Well, let's tighten up our deities because we're going to jump into a bunch of opinions now uh, that I have. I probably shouldn't have used the deity comment. Uh, first... The promise, God has revealed what's going to happen in 2021, just as he did in 2020. We didn't have a clear vision. We didn't have a clear picture as it came at us, but we knew God was doing it. This is the promise. He will warn us as we go forward what's taking place. He will prepare us and make us ready when we do this. You know, he does this to prove he's God. You know, we sometimes overlook the power of prophecy. Christians should, should know two or three specifically fulfilled prophecies that they're familiar with, that when someone says, well, why do you believe in God? Oh, I believe in God because he is supernatural and tells the future in the Bible. I know the Bible is supernatural because there's supernatural prophecies in it. This is something that is, and this is why, this is why, this is why God does it. He, he challenges all other religions. He says, You know, come on, tell us everything that's happened that we can look back and see if you've got accurate history. The Bible is accurate history. And then declare to us the things that are going to come. He says, uh, Tell us what the future holds. He says, If you can do that, then we'll know your God. Then we'll know. Uh, tell us if there's going to be harm, tell us if there's going to be good stuff taking place. So, prove your God. No other religion, no other philosophy, no other science, nothing can tell us the future. To tell the future is the stamp of a supernatural being that only God qualifies. So, God tells us what's going to take, and so he tells us the future, the world, and he tells us the future of each of us. First, Guess what? The promise to the nations. He tells us that we have a choice. He calls heaven and earth. Can you imagine? He calls heaven and earth to witness uh, against us today. He sets before each person, each family, each church, each community, each nation, every this world. He's such a choice in front of us. We can choose life or we can choose death. We can choose blessing, or we can choose curses. Therefore, God's heart, choose life. He's done everything, reaching out, sending his son. Choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, holding fast to him, for he is our life and length of days. It's straight in front of us here, That we might dwell in the land that God swore to give our fathers. You know, one of the things that, how does he judge a nation? How does he do that? He says he searches the heart. When I make a personal decision or you do, he searches our heart. When we make a choice for God, he looks at our heart to see if it's real. This is is a huge deal for the nation of Israel who had a cycle of blessings and curses as they followed God. They were blessed as they turned from God. They were cursed over and over again. But this is not removed. Just as nations like Israel was set up as, as a nation to seek and to follow God, it was set up by God. There was another nation in, in the world, in the history of the world, that that happened to. That's the United States. The United States was clearly established by God for his purposes, on his foundation. So the future of the, the United States is defined collectively by the choices we make Personally my choice and your choice that we make in 2021, God will look at our hearts and collectively and accumulate those. He will define whether this nation gets blesses, blessings or curses. Very straightforward deal. So this for the United States, huge deal. What are the current prophecies? Let's just shift to, to modern news right now. Open the newspapers. Uh, something that, that was set in place thousands of years ago, was prophecies about the nation of Israel. Most people in our country are USA-centered. We should love our country. We should support our country. But we are not God's biggest deal. God's clock is Israel. The Bible, from beginning to end, has talked about him selecting his people, the book of Revelation, Zechariah, and all of them, and circling around Israel when Christ comes back to this world he's not going to rule and reign from Sacramento the governor does not have to stand aside he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem in the nation of Israel we will go there and and rule and reign with him so one time when Jesus was coming out of the temple he he gathers his disciples together and uh, they were complimenting how wonderful the temple looked this is a huge verse so hang with me for a minute and he says, this is, these stones are going to be thrown down. Not one stone will be left another. Nations will come in and destroy. Everything is going to, to turn to schmuckies. And so he says, when will these things take place? And Jesus starts to answer. He says, there'll be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people, Israel, against this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword. They'll be led captive into all nations. And Jerusalem gets important, Made it, put it in red, Uh, will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles, listen, until the time of the Gentiles has been fulfilled. Huge prophecy. He says, and this is exactly what happened, Jesus predicted these things uh, as he was coming out of the temple. A few days later on Passover feast, he was crucified, died for our sins, put in a tomb, rose from the dead. But he said, this nation that is rejecting me, rejecting God's call, is going to be overrun. Great distress and wrath against these people. The temple will be torn down. Every stone moved. One of the greatest prophecies Jesus gave was that every stone would be moved in the temple. When, when General Titus overran Jerusalem in 70, AD, that's exactly what happened. He moved every stone that was there to, to get the gold out from between the stones that were there. Great distress. Now, okay, why is this such a thing? Israel became a nation. It became a nation in, in 1948. Miracle upon miracle, millions of Jews were killed over the years. They were lived in uh, ghettos in different countries. Uh, Seven million died during the Holocaust. What a disaster. They, they were punished all around the world. But again, They became a nation. A lot of things happened when that took place. Uh, The the phrase, the end of the age of the Gentiles. What does that mean? Uh, We're Gentiles. When Christ died, the church was founded and formed. The age of the Gentiles started. The word of Jesus Christ, God followers, people worshiping, spread throughout, first and foremost, Europe. Middle East, Europe. Western culture became Christian. It accepted Christ, the teachings of Christ. It went throughout the whole world with missionaries. It's still going throughout the world with missionaries, with, with outreach programs. But it's Western culture that defines to me, and here's where we can get some questions, the age of the Gentiles. The Gentiles were the Christian expansion into Western Europe. Well, why is that important to us? He said Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. 1967. Jerusalem was captured by Israel. But 1967 isn't the real date that we're looking at as we we look at this. No, no. It it gets further down the road than that. Uh, Because in... In July of 1880, the the Knesset uh, passed that Jerusalem, that lead the political organization in Israel, said that Jerusalem would now become the capital. But again, that didn't mean anything because they're just saying it. Uh, but then December 6, 2017, President Donald Trump of the United States announced we were moving the First Nation to move its embassy to Jerusalem at that moment i believe spiritually a shift took place the age of the gentiles ended when that took place since then multiple countries have transferred uh, their embassies to Jerusalem you know this is this is in my opinion a huge deal that we should be aware of. Our calendar changed radically. Western culture is no longer the leading edge. Now Jerusalem and Israel is is now the pacing item. You know, uh, again, Jesus told us that that in these uh, end times, after the age of the Gentiles, here's what's going to happen in end times, I believe, in Western culture. Understand that, in the last days of Western culture i'm just going to add that in. I come on with the questions. bring it. Uh, there will come times of difficulty. People will be lovers of themselves this is This is the description of the fall of a culture. The last days, people will be lovers of themselves self 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 lovers of money, greed, 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 proud, arrogant, abusive disobedient and rebellious to parents, ungrateful, unthankful, entitlement mentality, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. You can't you can't satisfy them. Slanderous talking to each other. I don't care if it's in, in person, which is not as common as on social media today. Without self-control, brutal, not loving good treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This, this describes Western culture. This describes Western culture that at one time was the leading force for cross, spreading Christ throughout the world. Don't miss the last part. This fallen culture does not deny their relationship with God they having the appearance of godliness. They want to honor, Western culture wants to honor God with their lips celebrating the feasts, the holidays, the Christmases, the Easter's, and all of those things. They want a, an appearance of godliness, but they deny its power and control over them. Avoid people like them. This is a, this is, this is a huge deal. And what happened in our culture... And and where are we today? This is exactly what happened. And I started tracking these. I say this every time I put this slide up. It was over 20 years ago I started tracking this slide. And uh, at that time there was 15% biblical Christians. A biblical Christian is someone who has totally sacrificed their life to Christ and who's willing to lay their lives down and follow him. So 15% back in that day, just for your information, when I first started tracking Great Britain, had a 3% biblical Christians, and Europe had 1%. Uh, Less than five years later, uh, Europe had zero, not measurable, as we went with then. Uh, Somewhere around 2,000, uh, Great Britain went to zero, not a measurable number of Christians in Great Britain. Now, the next one is they go and they do this down for us right now. Well, 2%, Uh, In the general population, 1% under 30, and now it's 0% under 20. Western culture has fallen. Not not because of military power, but we've been defeated by Satan. So this this is where we are. Now some good news. There is a revival taking place. God is still being God. It's just not in Western culture it's in the Middle East. It's in Muslim countries. It's in China. China has more Christians in jail than we have in the United States. They're in jail for serving Christ over there. Uh, revival takes place. Just look it up on, on go to I love I tell people all the time. Go to YouTube, type in Muslim Seeing Jesus or Praying to Jesus and watch their story. You can get the videos off YouTube called IMM, which is stories of persecuted Christians. Please do. What's the application? Well, 2021, how should we live? Well, first, recognize that God's in control. God's in control. We're not. Every circumstance is ordained by God. You know, he gives us the choice of our future. He does give us a choice, but he is faithfully in control of the results of that. We can choose life or we can choose death. It's a free choice. It's in front of us. The evidence is overwhelming that God exists, that God loves us. Uh, All of these things are there. And again, the fulfilled prophecies are just one of those. Look at the signs of the times. Jesus holds us accountable to look at what's happening in today's news on the internet, what's happening in our world, open our Bible, and see the connection between them. He says we can tell the weather. How come we don't know the signs of the times? We're on a countdown clock, guys. I I have always hoped to be alive when Christ comes back so I can see him face to face. Uh, I still think that that's possible. Um. Anyone under 50, I can almost guarantee it. Well, I'm close to 50, but anyway, we'll just go on with that. Uh, well, what's that laughing? I don't believe I heard that. Uh, we have this in front of us. The The signs of the times are there. If disaster's coming, God's going to warn us, and guys, he's warning us. The message is clear at, at this particular time as Western culture continues to stumble and to fall as other geopolitical powers and forces rise up to do that. But understand, it's not a military battle we're in. It's not even a political battle, that's for sure. It's not an educational battle. It's a spiritual battle that we've chosen to be uh, involved with. God is the one that's in charge. It's his battle, Felix, when he shuts up heaven. When he does these things, you know we're 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 cautioned as followers of Christ. It says finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in Christ. Would that's I don't know how to describe that. Our faith totally in God. Will people look at us and see us standing strong? This. This be strong in the Lord and the strength of his night. Put on his full armor, put on his his righteousness, put on his salvation, put on the word of God, which is the word of God, the sword that we have stand against the schemes of the devil that's trying to destroy first our country and very successfully there. But he's just trying to destroy me, you, your families, your church. He's trying to destroy everything that you hold dear. You know, please, please. Be prepared for the battle that's in front of us. You know, this is rude and maybe offensive. Stop thinking that a certain politician or party will make the difference, that recycling plastic or saving an endangered species is going to save the world. God's got the thermostat. Last check He's the one that defines our weather, He defines our future. You know, he has allowed this pestilence. We need to deal with it. How do we deal with it? We've said it all along. Humble ourselves. Acknowledge God as God. And you have to make the other acknowledgement. Once you say God is God, we've got to admit we're not. Humble ourselves to the point of obeying, believing, seeking God's face personally. You know, he's looking at our heart. Look at God. Instead of going to him with a list of requests, looking for a handout, seek his face, not his handout. Turn from our sins. You know, this is for every Christ follower. It's an ongoing battle not to be okay, not to get by. If you're just looking at, just checking as many boxes as you can to get into heaven, no. Everything that we have is committed. Assuming that you've heard about Christ, You've been taught in him the truth of Christ. Put off our old life. It, it, it's a man, It's corrupted with deceitful desires. Change the way we think in our mind. Renew our minds. And put on the new self, which is created like the likeness of God in true godliness and holiness. We're called to holiness, guys. And, and again, do we fall short? Do I fall short? Yeah, absolutely. One of the, one of the great realities is God looks at my heart. Even, even when I fail, I have hope, because God knows. And finally, this is an important verse, and I'm going to give it in context. This is a verse that comes out of Jeremiah eleven fourteen. 14. In Jeremiah, many times, Jeremiah is told not to pray for these people because they're going into uh, captivity. And during over the years... Uh, he tells them that, that you're going to be judged. This is going to happen. You're going, Babylon's going to capture you. Jeremiah is prophesying all this. But then it happens. Bab- Babylon conquers them. Jerusalem is, is trampled flat in uh, approximately 600 B.C. But here's what he says, and this is for the United States. This is for me. God says, for you, me, and our country. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans for welfare, not for for evil, to give you a future and a hope. I love that, a future and a hope. Here you go again. When you call on me and come and pray to, to me, I will hear you. You will seek me. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, as a nation, it wasn't over for Israel. Even though they were in captivity, he said, I've got a future and a hope for you in the discipline and everything that's taking place in our country in 2020, what's going to take place in 2021, we have a future and a hope in Christ if we seek him with all of our heart because that's where he looks. That's his plan for 2021. As we do that, please be spiritually prepared Christians, I I think 2021, of course, this is obvious every year because it gets more critical. Get your A game on. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be hanging around on the outside. See the danger that's coming. One of these powerful verses spiritually. See what's taking place in our culture. See what's taking place in your family. It's the same thing with grandkids and everything else in this culture. Be ready as you go forward. Uh, We're told... A prudent person sees danger and hides himself, gets himself ready. Gets yourself ready spiritually. And we encourage as a church, uh, get yourself ready physically. We actually put out a brochure. It's on our website and everything else. It's called Unprepared. Mark that out, unprepared. Be prepared for what's taking place. If you're online, you can find it on our webpage. Go to it. It's just some common sense stuff for uncertain times allowing us to take care of our family spiritually. We start next week the good news. As a church, we're doubling down on Jesus' message. This is a letter sent to the Roman Empire in Rome that laid out the clear plan that God has for each of us. We feel that it is so important in the times we're living in to speak clearly and to speak with Scripture. So, from the beginning of the year, all the way to Easter, we're going to we're going to focus on the book of Romans. Please pick up the high, the uh, outline. If you're out there in cyberland, we have it on our on our app, and we also have it on our website. Look it up; it's a great study tool. Be prepared for what's coming in the future. Turn um, me in prayer, Heavenly Father. We thank you that that you're God, and that we're not. That you have a plan. It's better than our plans, that your plans gives us a choice to choose you, to choose life, to choose blessings and not curses. Thank you that you give us the wisdom, you give us your word, that we might build our lives on it, that we might honor you with all that we do. Thank you for being a faithful God in challenging times. Amen. Amen. Well, oh, Nick. Mr. Nick, you're here. Well, thank you. No, good. Do you have questions, or am I, I do. excused? I've oh. got several questions. Uh-oh, but, several. Okay. Well, that's just me, but let me see what we got here. I don't like that smile. When well, you come up with that smile on those questions, so go ahead. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. First of all, thank you. That was really awesome. My okay. microphone wasn't, saying, wasn't working when I said that first. I just want to make sure you heard okay. it. Okay, yeah. Oh. First question, so we read in here that there are tremendous battles going on between angels and demons, such as in Daniel. Can angels be wounded or die from these battles? How do they measure victory? What are they fighting for? Uh, That's really simple. Uh, Obviously, the, the, the angelic host, we just described it, uh, the battle is with spiritual forces of darkness and wickedness in the heavenly places. And yes, there are angels that that defend uh, followers of Christ, that defend his people. Uh, and yes, there are angels striving to attack them. Uh, Countries uh, were quite clear uh, in the book of Daniel. Certain countries have their own specific archangel or angel to protect and guide them. Children, we're told, have angels that behold the face of God. So there's there's obviously this spiritual involvement. Uh, As far as can uh, angels die, uh, I would say no. They're spiritual beings. Uh, They're not... Human beings with a life form, life wasn't breathed into them. They're eternal beings, in my, opinion, uh, in my opinion. Now, the demons that are the fallen angels, they do have a future in hell. That's, that's clear and has been told. It says that actually hell was created for the devil and the demons. So their ultimate goal, their ultimate destination is hell. So, uh, yeah, the, the battle is real. Uh, there's... Some of the stories in the Bible of when the angels show up and you get to see them, uh, and battles going on—awesome uh, stuff. Yeah, I haven't seen one. <laughs> you told me they were all bald. they uh, all angels are bald. That's we what you know said. that. Yeah. Okay, we got that because because they're close to God. Yeah. Thanks. Next one: Is it possible that the first five seals in Revelation chapter six? are describing the result of sin and its effects throughout history, or are these future prophecies? Yes. Perfect. The, 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 if you look at the seals that take place that, that are opened in the book of Revelation, actually look at everything that takes place. God has patiently uh, used disaster, pestilence, the, the seals, famine, war, all of these things to turn people back to him. And so, yes, throughout history, you can go and see those things taking place, all of them allowed or ordained by God to bring people, his nation, his people, back to him. Uh, now, will it happen in the book of Revelation? Yes. Those, those events will take place specifically in what we would call the tribulation period the last seven years, or maybe more specifically the last three and a half years when things break, start to break loose. Cool.